Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Creators Outlet. I'm joined today by uh, actually a friend of mine uh, from my local comic shop who uh, makes comics. Uh, Mr. Brian Rose, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, Will. So uh, what have you been doing as of late? I know you got a couple of books up on Amazon. Uh, the last one was uh, Dream Sprites. Oh, yes. Uh, I released Dream Sprites uh, a little while ago, and uh, after that, I released Dragon Fruit number one. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure which was which was first. So. Well, that's understandable. I just looked up what I... It just didn't matter. It was just random order. Yeah, it's just... It's there, but... Um... And I know you were do you were doing a signing of of Dream Sprites uh, the last time I saw you at a uh, at an event at uh, my local comic shop there. Uh, mm -hmm. Shameless plug: Wild Time Comics, seven hundred three Washington Street, South Edinburgh, <laughs> Massachusetts. WildTimeComics.com. Okay. Yeah, I also buy from Wild Time too. So, uh, Randy, I want extra discount this month. Uh, I don't have any money this month. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I probably will be talking to Randy also about comics eventually. So, how did you uh, how did you get started on your uh, road to uh, creating comics? Well, first, uh, I first created comic books, uh, comic book characters when I was in high school. When I was seventeen, I was just. I suddenly had a burst of inspiration. It's like something just turned on in my brain, and I just have been creating nonstop ever since. And um, when I was a kid, I loved reading comic books in the funnies like Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield. I used to draw Garfield all the time as a kid. I loved doing that. People loved that I could do it too. Actually, one time um, I once discarded a drawing I did of Garfield and someone actually tried to play it off as their own to get attention from a girl I think wow that works well Man, uh, I, should, I, I should yeah. be better at art <laughs> I was told that and I was like no I don't care he'll get exposed one way or another I mean he just basically took that I mean if he can't do it well there's no way he's going to make any more of those yeah and then when she's like can you draw him doing this <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I don't feel nope, like doing nope, that today. Nope, 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 nope. don't want to. <laughs> can you draw me eating a pan of lasagna? Nope, but I can eat a pan of lasagna if you'll make it for me. Oh, so can I, but you know, who cares? So Dream Sprites actually came out uh, first. I actually created Dragon Fruit initially when I was 17. And, uh, it's basically loosely based around uh, instances in my life. I mean, Kylie character is, I will admit, is based around me. But um, there's some interesting things that have come about uh, into the plot line that uh, people find surprising. That, uh, for example, uh, one of his powers is actually based around something I would actually get with my allergies, surprisingly enough. Allergy superpowers. That's a new one. Um, yeah, I, I got mold allergies. One of my symptoms was uh, actually, this also occurs in other people too. And 
in rare instances that high exposure to mold can actually cause a large amount of static electricity in a person's body. And uh, one time, like my hand had a bolt going from here to here. I was like, what the hell? It's like I got a superpower here. And I didn't know until much later in my life that it was actually just an allergic reaction. You've, you've turned into one of those balls we used to touch at the uh, at Hot Topic there. One of the yeah. electro current balls. I swear, it was just it was just freaky that that happened. I mean, Light, lightning lad. But uh, yeah, the the electrical sparks around my character are based around that. I I actually told that to my godmother. One of my allergy symptoms is like you should do something with that with your comic books. Like I already have. And um, in Dream Sprites, I thought of I want to make something for the kids, but at the same time have a level of humor that both parents and their kids can appreciate together, like a more family genre kind of thing. Like when I watched Animaniacs uh, as a kid, the humor would be targeted for us kids in the 90s and also let the parents enjoy it with them. I remember the first episode, how... <laughs> They were in therapy with Dr. Scratch and Sniff, and we were all laughing together as a family. And I just thought, this is exactly the kind of humor that would be good for a for a story that parents can enjoy with their kids. Yeah, when, um, when we were kids, we were laughing because the Animaniacs were funny. And as adults, we're laughing because the doctor's name is Dr. Scratch and Sniff. <laughs> yeah, it's like, good. Now let's it, let us expand on that. And then Wacko was like, okay, now this is what I want. Get, this is not what I wanted. Get down, get down, get down. Excuse me. <laughs> A wonderful show that brought us hello-ness. And oh, my, yeah. my favorite episode that still cracks me up to this day is the potty episode. I have not seen that one in forever. I think one of my favorites was like Clown and Now. Happy birthday, nice puppy boy. Clown! That hurt my face. <laughs> I just love that one. I've, I've got it somewhere. I've got I've got the entire run somewhere on uh on DVD. And when my when my daughter was was uh about five, I introduced her to Animaniacs and she went from wanting to watch uh my Little Pony and Linda Carter Wonder Woman and Adam West Batman to uh, Animaniacs and and Bugs Bunny and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, the Looney Tunes is definitely a good foundation of humor for well any generation. And the uh, the meme the meme that I shared out today, the uh, the young girl calling nine one one. I'm watching Looney Tunes, and Elmer Fudd has a gun. I do think they they uh, overacted a little bit, but uh, hey, what can you do? They'll eventually uh, be more lenient about that anyway in the future. I can already see that happening. I mean, Animaniacs did actually have a hunter in the new season that had a gun and everything, too. Mm. If anyone sees that episode, I promise... I will not spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's actually very clever what they did. I, <laughs> it does take a, um, a look back at what happened to all the characters and why aren't they are not part of the revival of Animaniacs. 
Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird how they're handling a whole bunch of that stuff. Oh yeah, well, uh, new creators. I would love nothing more than Paul Rudd to come back. He was the backbone of the series, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I think he's a little too busy uh, getting the Disney money. I, I don't know what he's up to, but uh, if, but I did hear that there is going to be a Freakazoid uh, mini revival on Teen Titans Go. I will not be watching that. <laughs> I don't watch Teen Titans Go, to be honest. I, I, I've been more working than um, spending my time watching TV. If anything, I might just take my iPad out and see what's on and just have it decide while I'm uh, drawing on the computer or uh, typing something up. I've, I've been typing a lot lately. I got this camera, so I so I wouldn't have to type as much. So <clears throat> it's a lot. It's a lot easier to do interviews when you're just talking to people, opposed to uh, okay, hold on, let me write that out. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it, it's it's just a lot better this way, and lets me do uh, a lot more stuff. Uh, my my background of the warehouse here is actually my new loft and. All the boxes are stuff from storage from uh, six years ago. My buddy Mike put it in storage at his house when I landed in the hospital in that evil coma. And uh, so I've been going through boxes and finding action figures and toys and uh, hockey memorabilia and all all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, I've been busy doing that. and I spent, the, the, yeah. I spent the Christmas vacation just getting caught up on getting caught up on movies and, and TV shows and, and reading a few comics. I've been trying to catch up on all the collecting of the last Ronin for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like, oh my god, there was like 70 covers for issue one. Oh, that's... <sighs> I mean, you saw my post about the director's cut. I was like, it seems like they're trying to milk this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd, uh, I'd probably be more likely to buy the director's cut. Like I was never like a huge Turtles fan, and I'm, you know, to this day, mad at myself because I remember seeing it on the shelf and uh, saying to uh, to Alan Randy, I'm like, the hell is this? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, it's, I, a new was... ind- it's a new independent comic. The guys are from uh, here in Mass, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, you that I, that is I, I just thought lucky. The, I just thought the title sounded so stupid, so I, was... I ne- so I never bought it, and I'm like, oh man, I could be rich. Yeah, those things can go at least 10k and up for just that. But if you want something really good that that is equivocal, the Aaron Bartling from number one of Last Ronin is going crazy prices on ebay right now <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm like that it's like i don't i don't want to pay 10 bucks for a for a comic as is and i mean now uh dc and and marvel are both guilty of the uh okay well there's a new there's a new team coming on this so-and-so book so uh we're gonna reboot that and start it back over at number one because they know they they can sell a whole bunch of copies of num- of any number one, and uh, 
and then they turn around and you know Marvin likes to say, Ooh, it's an oversized issue. We're gonna put something that has nothing to do with that book as a reprint in the back of it, and it's gonna be twelve ninety nine. Well, they have to keep up with the marketing. I know that it, it's everybody always wants to reboot the story because of new writers and stuff like that. That's pretty much the most reason why this happens, isn't it? Well, there's we're we're in an age now where there there are superstar writers with you know that and you know artists too that you know their their name alone has has etched them into. You know greatness. Uh, you know Jeff Lemire or uh, Jim Lee. Yeah, Jim Lee doesn't do anything now, though. I'm um, I'm not aware of his current activities. It, it was just uh, something I thought off the top of my head. I remember my friend Joe would mention Jim Lee about his stuff with Batman. So yeah, well, he has he hasn't really he hasn't done anything in in years. He's he's now just a corporate puppet on a string for uh, for DC Warner Brothers. So he just comes out, makes appearances, does a does an occasional covers and you know occasional sketches. But you know, there's no conventions for him to go and you know. Yeah, I miss conventions. Big, big <laughs> I miss conventions so much. Uh, uh, we're thinking. Uh, Maybe the year of Mad Max coming up, we might get uh, some conventions back, but the uh, the way the states are around here, I don't, you know, they're they're advertised uh, altered reality, which of course is you know Rhode Island Comic Con and uh, and a bunch of other shows. Um, they're you know advertising dates and everything, but we never know what might happen. I know. Yeah. The you know the evil the evil Ramundo uh, will I'm sure put a nix in that. Oh no, you can't have more than ten people. <clears throat> you can, you can have it if you want to only have ten people there at a time. And I'm like, oh, I uh, I brought a couple of things to show if you'd like to see them. Sure. Uh, For example, um, I brought a physical copy. Of Dream Sprites to show to you lovely people. Eh, sorry, it's mirrored. <laughs> All right, here you go. You can see Tabby the cat right here. And this is Boone. He's a nine-year-old kid in elementary school. Woke up one day after a crazy dream. And to find that a shadow turned out to be a nightmare. was following him. And Tabby was actually following both of them to make sure they were safe and make sure Boone was safe from the, the nightmare. The story is pretty action-packed, especially when Volume 2 comes out. I'm still working on that one. It's going to have a lot of uh, fast pace to it. I've been reading it over multiple times to make sure I get it just right. Currently, though, it's, uh, it's not... I'm getting any progress done because I'm doing a job right now, so that has to come first. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Here's uh, Dragon Fruit number one. That's the lead character Kai, and a Dragon Fruit sticker 
being put on his cheek. That's actually in reference to the anime Space Dandy, if anyone has ever watched that. You watch episode one where Dandy and his robot QT thought an alien was a rare type, but really he was just wearing a sticker that the waitresses give everybody for ordering a, a specific uh, cocktail on the menu. <laughs> it's a very funny show. It's made by the same people who made Cowboy Bebop, and um, it's comical, it's science fiction, and it has some crazy amounts of uh, physics that go into it that even from what I've heard, scientists are actually uh, say that, wow, this is really accurate. And anyway, um, Kai, my lead character, he is a teenage psychic has multiple powers, including um, mind reading, but it's through physical contact, which is derived through psychometry. Psychometry is a psychic ability that where you can take an object, like say, my, my stylus pen, if there was something I was thinking on it, he touches it, uh, the memory just channels into his mind and he knows what they were thinking at the time, like the strongest memories that were in their head, for one example. He can also uh, create a special little power that I briefly mentioned in the book named Blue Rage. And uh, I want to keep that under wraps for the time being, but it's a very unique power. And I've been working on a poster to show it in full unleashed form. Oh, cool. And uh, one more. I uh, keep going uh, the whole time. <laughs> My last poster that I did last year of Tabby Cosplay. This is something I've been trying to get off the ground. Uh, Tabby Cosplay is where Tabby dresses up as a character from a different story. It could be anything, really. He's a Ghostbuster, as you can see. Mm -hmm. And I took a lot of pictures of the Ghostbusters, like different equipment, all that stuff, uh, video game pictures, movie pictures, just to have him standing on top of the Shandor building uh, with Stay Puft Marshmallow Man on fire from the from the photons, whatever the heck, the, right, the ghost packs right here. And there's Slimer up here holding a burning hunk of marshmallow, putting his fingers up, Mm. <laughs> you can see this uh, on my Instagram if you're interested. And Brian's Instagram is on the banner scrolling down the bottom at Brian underscore the underscore artist. 1-1-1-2. I also have some latest artwork that I did uh, featuring The Last Ronin. I did my own fan-based uh, cover, if you will, a variant cover I wanted to do. I did ink version, ink with grayscale, and a full color. Oh, great. So now there's 74 covers. <laughs> I'm not official for IDW or anything. It would be a dream come true to actually be able to draw a official cover for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That would be wonderful, but I am going to assume that until further notice that that's not going to happen. Until it happens, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've already met plenty of people in the creative community about it. I met uh, Steve Levine, for one thing. He's a veteran colorist for the Turtles. Wonderful person. Uh, he and his wife were very nice. Joe and I had loved meeting the two of them 
at a com at a convention a couple of years ago. Turns out he's actually the basis behind Michelangelo. Oh, it's cool. like it's like you actually met Mikey for real. Nice. And I've met Kevin Eastman a couple of times. Yeah, I'm, I met Kevin uh, a few years back. Uh, I think like. 20, 2014, 2015, uh, up in the show at Framingham. Mm -hmm. I was hanging out, and uh, his wife and daughter were, were setting up all his multiple pieces available for purchase. And uh, mm -hmm. he came in the light. I was like already in the room. I was in there. I was talking to uh, the late great uh, Joe Sinat and uh, and a few other people. Uh, uh, Carrie Nord was there, and uh, woman I I sadly can't remember her name right now, but she was one of the uh, first uh, female artists on Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Back in the Silver Age, she was there, um, and you know. I, I had a great time. I was just upset because uh, not that I'm a fan of him personally, but I really like Ethan Van Schreiber's artwork. So I went through my collection digging out books that he did for Green Lantern to sign. And I, I spent like 12 hours doing this and then I showed up there, and he decided that he just wasn't going to show up. Oh, uh, that always stinks. I mean, there so, was that one time they were going to have Carrie Fisher, and she had to cancel. But that was that was at least a reason behind that. That was her health. Mm. I think she got pneumonia that year. Been there, done that. Not a lot of fun. I actually had intubation pneumonia. So while they were trying to save my life, the uh, being intubated too many times actually gave me a, a very specific type of pneumonia. So, you know, that was, that was fun. I don't remember it because I was in a coma, but you know, I had it. So I'm like, okay, another thing on the list. So, uh, you're, uh, you're working on it. You're working on a job now. Uh, what else do you do? Cause I know you, you do, of course, your books, uh, artwork you do commissions um you do uh you do video game work too don't you don't you do uh some voiceover stuff technically yes it's just the game hasn't come out yet i'm i'm the lead character in a video game series called reincarnation i play the demon vile as well as other characters the other demons except the bartender in the video game the it's been delayed multiple times partly Due to some people having to leave for their for their career or uh, some delays, I don't know everything that's going on right now, but I know this that the the creator uh, who I have, have talked to plenty of times, Chris Gianelli, uh, forgive me, Chris uh, Gianelli, um, he is uh, the creator. He's the writer. He makes the video games. We've just had delays from multiple times. Uh, the Vi Vile is a demon who leaves hell to track down people who have escaped through hell in what's called a reincarnation portal or reincarnate portal. 
what happens is that Vile has to drag them down, see if they're still evil, and once he confirms they're evil, he makes it look like an accident and sends them back to hell. Is one of them is um, let me see. I know one good quote. Selling students for an for a quick buck is evil enough for me to send Riley back to hell. I'll need to find the teacher's lounge and kill off Riley somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm serious. The, there was one where a teacher is actually trying to sell his students for a quick buck. <laughs> this guy Riley's he loves selling uh, off anything he can get his hands on to anyone who's willing to buy. He's actually going to be, and this was already revealed by the creator. He's going to be in the next one of the next games. And uh, one of my favorites was uh, where this was the Halloween one, where he has to track down a guy named Darcy, who does not care for Halloween. And I don't know what, and he has these trick or treaters that he just he got mad at for making his dog bark the whole night and tied him up down in his basement. <laughs> and he's, uh, he says, Oh, Darcy, I can't wait to serve you your proper punishment. That's scary and a little creepy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was part of the reason why I got cast. The original one, um, Devin Mack, he had to... Uh, he got too swamped with his TV career. So as a result, uh, when he heard my impression, he offered me the job of playing Vile the Demon, and I, I leapt on it. I said, yes, I would love it. It would be a, a wonderful, wonderful experience to do this. Yeah, because who, who gets to, uh, you know, go in and uh, voice do uh, some voiceover work on a video game? Oh, yeah, that's, and the best of all, it's the lead. So, oh yeah, that's even more amazing. You got, I even did. Oh, you sorry. The, Go ahead. You get the lead on a on a of the main character in a in an upcoming video game. I've also done a comedy bit where I did an impression of Patrick Stewart. Tom Antonellis, I'm giving you a shameless plug right now. He was actually cast in Avengers Endgame doing a a foreign dub as Stan Lee. True, he did. It's like he got. Wow. He told me about it, and I was just so surprised. Like, he all he had to do was say, "Make love, not war," in another language. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh yeah, it was really awesome. Uh, I had to do Patrick Stewart for a bit with the Muppets that he meets Rolf the dog, and they're singing a song. And I'm the one who's the director. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. There was an impression I did for a voice acting exercise in, um, in a voice acting community I do every once in a while. I haven't done a challenge for that in a while, but it was fun to do back when it was starting out. And I still try to do it. And I'd like to do more voice acting in the future. It's just uh, some of these things take time. That's all there really is to this. Oh, yeah. Learned. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Steve Bloom's Bloomvox community. And uh, sometimes there are people that get involved. Like there, Once in a while, you might be lucky to see something like a post from 
uh, excuse me, Mike from Steve Bloom. Like he's a very nice person. He I learned a lot from asking him a couple of questions every once in a while when he has these. Ask me anything. Like I asked him, what's like playing cannon fodder in a video game? He said, that's your bread and butter right there, Brian. That's <laughs> easy because people need these voices, and that's how you make a lot of your money. And I got the idea of when I asked him, I mean, how, why I asked him, because of playing the video game Metro Redux on my Nintendo Switch a while back, which is a pretty good first-person shooter. Yeah, my daughter just got a Switch for Christmas, so she is uh, playing that animal thingy game. Like oh, Animal that. Crossing. That came out this yeah. year. That has been so explosive. And oh. she's, been I, asked, she's been asking for her own Switch in that game uh, for you know pretty much a year now. I have heard rumors there's going to be a new Switch coming out potentially next year the, with the start of the fiscal year. Of course there is. And knowing yeah. Nintendo, it's just going to be a new casing, but it's going to be the same game. Um, there. What I, I have heard in terms of rumors, like mini LED screen, the uh, yes, the case will be uh, magnesium alloy instead of plastic. For one thing, from what I have heard, and that this will have 4K upscaling, and maybe, maybe I'm hoping this, but. DLSS AI that'll help lower the burden on the processor. So cut down on some of the uh, superheating there. Oh yeah, it'll help with the with the graphics. Like, you know how things are pixelated sometimes in a video game. It'll mm -hmm. get rid of that. It'll smoothen it out and make it look nicer, and it's a less of a burden on the processor and the graphics card. Yeah, I saw a, I saw a cool. Uh piece to uh like a hand like a like a big grip handle that you could actually slide the entire uh switch oh, yeah. into yeah um, i've seen those and it it actually does you slide it in but it actually doesn't come in contact with the with the system i think that might be the satisfy grip that that came out that you put the whole console in with the joy cons and everything and it's just it gives a little handle feels more comfortable with your hands yeah it's it's it it feels more like like an xbox controller at that point than like a little nintendo thing yeah they do need to make bigger joy cons there's like the hori split pad pro where it's uh like having a pro controller split in half and just put it on the edges there's no batteries and there's no functions of wireless connectivity or anything like that it's more for handheld only but you can at least put have it on there and keep it in the dock but it is pretty nice from what i have heard yeah because i mean i can't i can't play anything that's like i got pretty big hands so i'm like it's like i'm like you know trying to like I've, I've I've loved all the PlayStation units I've had, but uh, the controllers are just, you know, after I'm playing for about forty, you know, half hour, forty five minutes, my hands just stop cramping up from the way you have to hold the controller. So it does happen. It does happen. I was I was playing Resident Evil Four recently on my Switch, and uh, was going to try to get Dark Souls, but sold out right now where where i was going to get it so not now oh i never did mention one thing interesting about tabby about about him T 
Tabby is actually gifted with. Hang on, I got a different copy of her. Oh, here it is, it's buried. <clears throat> Tabby here, he's actually got uh, super speed, super strength, and uh, he's able to shoot energy slashes from his claws. Like, <laughs> I can actually show you quickly in the book. Does that to a nightmare of one stroke of his claws. I even have a voice for Tabby. It's too late to back out now. And Let's see. Every every time I hear about uh, an animal with like some kind of powers, I o I always try to like peer it up with something that is familiar to me. So <coughs> I w I would think of your character Tabby. But in the back of my head, I'd be thinking the the Red Lantern cat. Maybe. He does get mad from time to time. I mean, he especially hates to be called Puss in Boots. Everyone, Everybody laughs when I tell him that, and that's why I did it, because I knew it made people laugh. It's sort of inspired from Full Metal Alchemist, where Edward Elric hates to be called anything revolving around his height. Like... This shrimp here, it's like, and that's what happens when you call him Puss in Boots. <laughs> and like Tabby is any better than Puss in Boots. <laughs> My yeah, name! But if, when you think about it, he's uh, the based around his uh, his backstory, being called that nonstop by everybody, it is going to get on your nerves after a while. It's like, no, that is not my name. Stop calling me that. It's like I'm asking you nicely. It's like, knock it off. Yeah, Stuff it's like it's, it, it's kind of like my daughter. She uh, her name is Kirsten, and now she doesn't want to be called Kirsten. She wants to just be called K for short. And I'll blame her grandfather for that because her grandfather couldn't pronounce Kirsten. So he would just keep calling her K. I've known a couple of girls that, well, they're all basically <clears throat> named Catherine or something like that. And one of them had called herself K just to separate herself from her friends. That was, that was pretty much the reason behind that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think my daughter's is the fact that she's lazy. And if she can get the teachers to call her K, then she just has to put a letter K for her name. Yeah, to each their own. I'm not yeah. going to judge. You know, she's too busy playing Animal Crossing and uh, and and watching and drawing anime. That's an interesting thing, though. Anime, I haven't really watched too much lately. I think the last one I watched was something. I tried on Hulu called Guilty Crown just for the heck of it. It was it was okay. It it got better as it went. I can say that without a doubt. Uh, one of my all-time favorite animes, obviously, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan. Tabby's color, his fur color, based around Super Saiyans. I'll admit that right off the bat. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, what happens was I wanted to capture some of the best animation that came from the 90s with my work, such as, uh, for one example, Batman the Animated Series was actually animated by TMS in the 90s until later on Warner Brothers took it over. 
when their contract expired. And TMS also animated Animaniacs, uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. They they did a great job back in the 90s, all that stuff. I loved what they did, and that's why I wanted to capture that kind of stuff. Because anime for my generation has been a huge impact, whether we were aware of it or not back then. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a little older than you, but uh, my two favorite anime films opposed to just, you know, actual TV runs mm -hmm. uh, would have to be uh, Ninja Scroll and, of course, Akira. Well, I've seen both. I got uh, Akira in, uh, among my video library. I got, though I have the dub with Johnny Bosch versus Cam Clark from the 80s. I want to get the one to see Cam Clark dub from the 80s a long time ago. That would be interesting to watch. I know Funimation reprised reprinted that one to evolve that dub i just gotta find it yeah they uh they just released it again uh they they just released like a like a 4k version oh yeah I, you're right i heard about that i, I forgot about that i haven't played, paid attention for a while um have you ever watched loop on the third it's a comedy basically I watched. Uh, I was I was I was pretty much as far as anime stuff went. I was kind of a basic bitch. I watched Star Blazers. Uh, I watched like all the Force Five shows. Uh, I have an undying hatred of DBZ. I just I tried watching it, and of course. Ray, Ray that fills in at the shop. Uh, he he is a uh, he's a he's a big DBZ fan too. Um, Don't worry, I won't talk your ear off about that stuff. It's okay. I I just can't I can't stand like the goofy faces and the eyes going all wanky. Once in a while, I can deal with it, but I could I could just I tried to get into it, and I'm like. No, I don't really like this. Hey, it's okay. I mean, <coughs> some of those popular stuff, you're not going to expect everybody to like it. I know not everybody's going to like my stuff, too, and I've accepted that. So, hey, whoever enjoys it, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, that year, uh, my uh, my friend came down with his, with his daughter and her friend and... Uh, Got sprites uh, autographed from you, and she stopped every once in a while. Who shoot me a message? Hey, is there any new anime stuff at the store? <laughs> yeah, has, has your friend made any new anime stuff? I go, I'll shoot him a message, but I know if he if he comes up with another book, it'll be there'll there'll be a couple of copies at the shop. I'm sure. Yeah, I try to give Randy something every time I go visit if I can. I will say this. I I have been working on Dream Sprites Volume 2. It's just uh, this year, aside the pandemic and all that, my health had had a nasty decline lately uh, until recent. So that's part of the why there has been a, a, um, a delay. My allergies 
to sum it up, got in the way mostly. It was just, it was terrible. It was a horrible year. It would have been horrible even without the pandemic for me. That's all I can really say about that one. Yeah. I know <clears> I've, <throat> I had, I had that year. It was 2016. With all the surgeries and the coma and pretty much being paralyzed for close to a year. Well, um, if your friend's daughter uh, is on Instagram, she can always just follow me if she wants. I always post up stuff every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, so obviously everybody can see that uh, that Brian's uh, IG tag is scrolling in the banner. Uh, his other info is in the show notes, either up above or down below, depending on whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube. I also can let everybody know I have been working on other stories too for the future. I have, I'm going to try eventually to debut a one shot that I would love people to take a look at in the future. I've also been writing a fantasy story that takes uh, a genre that has been played to death and uh, basically throwing it out the window in some manners of speaking. It's a story, you know how, have you ever heard of anime where people get transported to a different world and they're the hero and they get these super, get these powers that are nicknamed cheat skills and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I take that and I, put a splash of reality on that one <laughs> uh, as a subtle jab at the at the genre because it has been done a lot I mean I have read this stuff I watched it some of it's good some of it is just hmm why do they keep doing this but it's profitable that's why it's going on right now like I can name off the top of my head what has been done the most uh for example, you're reborn in the world, you're reincarnated, you're blessed by a god or a goddess with superpowers that make you beyond everybody's comprehension. You bring something from the, your planet to their planet that has not been invented yet. And the number one thing that always goes on is the Adventurer's Guild with the same old uh, like F to uh, S tier rank. That's always been done. So what you're telling me is I should probably either always carry uh, coffee milk, coffee syrup, or uh, Dell's frozen lemonade on me at all times. That's up to you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I take some. The fantasy story is very interesting. It's got no. Uh, the lead character is not human. I'm going to say that much, and. The biggest, the biggest revelations of the plot I really love. It's some one of the most unique stories I've ever come up with, and I can't wait to get it out there in the future. There's also there's going to be goblins and elves and stuff like that, but different ways of telling the story. I, and I do have a character that will David Bowie fans will appreciate because they're modeled after the Goblin King from Pan's lab. I mean, from Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Cool. Uh, 
And let's see, what else? What else I've been working on? I've been working on story arcs for Dragon Fruit, and recently came up with a new concept for Dream Sprites that I really enjoyed. That I think people will really get a kick out, a kick out of, especially uh, the younger readers, because of the implications that this, what I'll call power up, will bring. So uh, let's see, what else? I recently drew some some characters. Uh, did last Ronin, and let's see. Hmm. I've also tried uh, for Christmas. Well, what did you get for Christmas, Will? Uh, I got nothing. Okay, I got a few movies, some clothes, and <laughs> <laughs> nothing too spectacular. Just some basic stuff. Well, I'm an only child, and my mother passed away uh, a number of years ago, and uh, my daughter's 12, so I'll probably get a card and something that she made, which, you know, of course I will love, because she made it, but uh, I did get one thing, but uh, I bought that for myself, and that was just kind of like a new a new uh, old-fashioned shave kit with the with the brush and the... I get you. In this stuff, you know, so. My gift to myself was Last Ronin Comics. <laughs> if I could have gotten one, I would have, and I just wanted to read it, and I, I have become addicted to the oversized books again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, starting, of course, with, the, with DC's Black Label, and... Plus, it just brings me back to the old treasury editions from like the seventies and the eighties. Oh, by the way, here it is. Oh, it's not even full. It's not even full size. It's kind of like it's oversized, but it's narrow. Uh, I don't remember, but I know they're I know they're bigger, slightly bigger. This apparently is already on the third printing. Oh yeah, what's what's the uh, what's the director's cut? Is that like fourth print or something? Um, I guess first printing of director's cut. It's supposed to have uh, more pages to it. Mm. Yeah, like behind, oh, uh, supposed to be like behind the scenes stuff and and various other things. I know uh, the one of the reprints that. Uh, they originally that Kevin originally did for the original first issue of uh, TMNT uh, himself and his partner there uh, Peter Laird yeah did a I thank you I couldn't think of his name for some reason uh, all I could all I could keep seeing was like a, an image of him in my mind you know uh, but they did they they talked about like a billion different things that happened, you know? So it was like, it was like a really cool, you know, self interview basically talking about, you know, everything that happened like years later. Yeah. Uh, earlier this year, Kevin Eastman actually hosted a watch party for the first two movies and provided commentary for them, for them. It was actually really, 
it was a really wonderful experience. I learned so much from watching that. I heard about it, but I was uh, busy that when that was going on. My daughter was actually here visiting, and I was like, "Well, family's eh. more important." Yeah. Um, I don't get to see her that often, so when I do, it's like you know, I kind of like drop everything. I understand. I mean, I I have two nephews and a niece, so I gotta take care of them every once in a while when they come to visit. <clears throat> they love Tabby too, by the way. Well, at least you have a, f uh, a good form of entertaining them. Yeah, they, they love it when I do voices for them and uh, play fun music for them to listen to. Uh, I think one of the funniest times my nephew was uh, was huddling around me. is like, watch out, I fart. <laughs> <laughs> They also love it when I do a pirate voice. It's like, Aye, you be walking the plank, you scurvy dog. If you don't be good on the swings with your sister. <laughs> you keep it up, I'm going to come hang out. Uh, there was also this one time that this actually invoked vile in me when I did it. But my nephew was playing around and horsing around in, his, in the room. Bounce on the bed, and I just flip the switch, turn off the light. He just screamed his head off. I was like, <laughs> I try not, I'm laughing like vile inside. It's like, now, in all honesty, on the inside, I was laughing when I committed that evil deed. <laughs> Chris got one heck of a laugh out of that one. I hope that actually gets put in a as one of the puzzles. So you got to turn off the night light on the kid in order to get past them as a distraction. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, I remember I, I, had to, I had to keep buying various night lights for my daughter when she was little because uh, she didn't like the dark and she want, you know, she didn't want her, her bedroom door closed because then it was, then it was darker and Then she started getting older, and uh, she would, like, wake up in the middle of the night and hear me snoring, and she would come sneak and start feeling around underneath my pillows for my cell phone, and then then crack my in, my encryption code for my phone, and then, go in her, and then go in her room and watch, you know, Cartoons on YouTube or uh, or Netflix or something all night. You know? Yeah, one time my nephew was up. He uh, what what happened was I, I he was feeling stuffy or something. I just fed him some chicken broth while I let him watch someone on online play. We just mentioned three streaming, and he he got a kick out of that. He enjoyed that. He he's always been. A, I got him into Mario early in his life. He loves Mario and Luigi. He was. He loved playing and watching me uh, play Mario. So, I also do a Mario impression too. It's -a me, Mario. Hello. Hello. It's a Luigi. Luigi time. My name now a Luigi. It's Luigi. Luigi. A friend of mine let me borrow his uh, his little mini uh, classic Nintendo. 
that has like all the games programmed into it. Oh yeah, the, uh, the NES Classic. Yeah. So when I was, uh, it's the uh, it's the it's the cheap knockoff version of that. So it's got like you know six or eight hundred games on it or whatever. And uh, so we plugged it in on on the old TV that I had when I when I was living in Seekonk before I moved Tater Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter got her first experience playing Mario, and uh, and and loved it and hated it at the same time. <laughs> my nephew, my nephew's first game, I think, was uh, Mario Odyssey. I tried to get him to play Super Mario World, but he was having a hard time playing it, and. He likes to rush sometimes through the games. That's part of it. He just wants to keep going and going and going. And I just don't. You gotta slow down. You gotta slow down if you want to not go. Like the uh, like that famous scene in Taxi, where Iggy, where where Louis put the uh, the Pac Man game in the uh, in the driver's lounge there out in the main room. And uh, he convinced Iggy to get all his pay in quarters. Oh, and he, back and he, 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 he put a quarter in. Oh, that's the greatest thrill of my life. Mm. And people thought pinball was addicted back then. Mm-hmm. And Iggy would go and put all his money in in the Pac-Man machine, lose all his quarters, and then I think uh, Judd's character, uh, Alex, would, you know, try to talk some sense to him as Louis sneaks out and goes behind, unlocks it, and empties, like, all the quarters into his hands and runs back to the office. Yeah, that... Uh, I'm guessing that... Uh... That reminds me of something they did with SpongeBob as well. I'm sure they referenced that episode specifically for that, mm. without a doubt. It's like, money, money, money. There's, there's always great sitcom references to be used and, and you know, ones that are just, like, so famous, like the, uh, like the WKRP Thanksgiving episode. You know? You don't I, know that one? No, no, I'm afraid not. I don't know oh. what WKRP stands for. That's the real. Um... Uh, that's it's a it's a <clears throat> sitcom at a radio station in the in the seventies. Oh, I was born in '86. That's why. Oh, that's probably why. Uh, it's it's a famous it's a famous video to be posted and shared all over social media on you know. In, in November, uh, the basic gist of it is they they have a uh, they have the goofiest reporter that you've ever seen, um, and he uh, he's always bragging that uh, I'm a winner of the Buckeye Newshawk Award. <laughs> His office doesn't have walls, but he draws lines on the floor. To where the walls would be if he had them, uh, and he's out covering a, a, a. He's doing a live remote at at a mall, but back then a mall would be a strip mall, 
Um, and uh, the owner of the station and the sales manager, um, the owner decided he was going to give away turkeys for Thanksgiving. Um, and they weren't frozen turkeys. They were live turkeys. Oh. And he did it in a helicopter. Who brought the cranberry sauce? <laughs> one of the, one of his lines at the very end, as he's like a complete mess, hair everywhere, collar sticking up, tie jumbled, feathers covering him. And I'm sure lots of scat. <laughs> For the love of God. I thought turkeys could fly. They hover. <laughs> they just hover. Yeah, at, at, a, at a very low altitude. He was throwing them out of a helicopter. And it was described at one point the turkeys actually organized. <laughs> it formed a revolution and started attacking people. Who's gobbling who now? So uh, when you when you have the time, I think you 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 will find it quite humorous if you have a, uh, look up on YouTube the uh, the W just type in WKRP. All right, it does sound pretty funny from what you have told me. So thank you. So that's you know that's pretty much the gist of that. Uh, when you first started getting into comics in high school, uh, what book or character kind of like pulled you in and made you fall in love with the genre? The earliest time I got into comics with superheroes was Spider-Man uh, from the funnies as a kid. In truth, I used to try to find that in the newspaper every Sunday. And over time, I, I got into Batman, uh, through Batman the Animated Series and all the other DC superheroes. I also, I believe I watched Adam West Batman first. I got the pleasure of meeting Adam West once. Uh, I got an autograph. Uh, it was an interesting subject. Uh, just They were nice enough to help me get the autograph, so that was good. That, that was from the year that there was troubles with the autograph tickets. <clears throat> and let's see. I got into Spider-Man again uh, through the through the animated series in the '90s. I watched it, and I think more and more I faded away from that, and then got into anime in my teen years. Mm -hmm. with, with Dragon Ball, Toonami playing like like for example, there's a good space opera series called Outlaw Star, where they are trying to find the greatest treasure of the universe, the Galactic Ley Line, and by strange coincidence, the key to the ley line ends up falling in their laps, right under their noses. And there was other enemies that really stood out too. Let's see. I didn't see Akira too. I was a little older. Like I, I think I got out of uh, high school before that time. Though people told me it was really, really gory. And yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't seen it and you have a weak constitution, you should not watch it. And uh, let's see. 
I got mess of anime. I that I have. Um, I watched Tenshi Muyo on Toonami as well. That was okay, though. It turns out that was actually heavily censored for TV broadcast. I was so surprised. <clears throat> Let's see what else was there. Dragon Ball just keeps popping up in my head in the nonstop, and it's like I know that's not all I saw. Uh, I watched Miyazaki movies at one point too. Those are good. Spirit Away apparently though got surpassed in the box office by a new anime movie. I was surprised to hear that. Uh, I remember watching uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, that's what it was. Cowboy Bebop too. I watched that as well. <laughs> um, I. Because I've heard so much about it, I really want to watch Attack on Titan. Yeah, the final season just debuted this year. But I, I, I get mad when I finally find find it on like one, of, you know, because I got all the free apps. When I find it on one of the free apps, and I go to I go to watch it, and it doesn't tell you whether it's English dubbed or you know. If it's, or subtitled, you know, yeah. Or subtitled, and I'm like, I, I don't want to read a movie. If I, if I want to read it, I will just buy the books. There's one anime I actually watched recently that was the dub was terrible. I'm not kidding. Oh my god, everybody had this crazy accent. There was this, there was this little boy on roller skates. For some reason, he, um. He's played played by a full-grown man. He has a Spanish accent. I mean, every single last person in this movie is supposed to be in Japan, and they're all Japanese. And it's like, why are you doing this? It's like, what were they thinking? It was the best. The best actor, though, was the villain by far. I can't remember for the life of me what it was. I think I'm just trying to blot out the memory of that terrible movie. Oh, what else? Uh, Neon Genesis Evangeline. Oh, Evangelion, yeah, I've seen that. Same. This the that was on Adult Swim a long time ago. The, the anime the anime ending was okay, but they kept rebooting it over and over again. They they've never finished the new movies as of yet. And well there's they get better at time and there's there's like a hit or miss or something with that. Uh, I saw I saw a Death Note that came out like about a lot longer than I want to admit, like 10, 15 years ago. Oh, Kogias was also okay. Oh, excuse me. That was the story where uh, a disgraced prince is living in Japan and gets the power to control people's minds by eye contact and giving them an order. And through that power, as well as gathering up uh, followers and an army, he eventually conquered the entire world. Wow. That's summing it up a lot of a very, very uh, like a huge plot by like a little amount. Oh, I liked uh, my friend Tony got me got me hooked onto uh, Full Metal Alchemist. I really like that. Oh yeah, that that was definitely good. I saw that in 2004 on Adult Swim. And interestingly enough, when the series had rebooted to be more faithful to the manga plot, that was that actually debuted in Japan on my birthday. 
So it was like, ooh, happy birthday to me. Oh, that's a nice little present. I would say they said, eh, if you want to watch them, watch both of them. See what you think about it, because the manga and the uh, first anime differ after a certain point in the plotline. But the Brotherhood is more faithful to the manga, but also goes a little bit of a skew from the uh, the first anime too, because the first anime it actually does take some elements from the manga, like for example the coal miners with uh, with that uh, Yoki guy, if I get his name right, and in the in the anime he is he's gone. He's disgraced, he's arrested, but in, in the Brotherhood, which is more faithful to the manga, he ends up becoming uh, a major part of the B-plot in the in the Brotherhood story, which is the manga plot. He is uh, Scar's prisoner slash uh, manservant after he tried to sell him out. It's like He keeps calling him Sir the whole time <laughs> while he's just uh, sniveling. And there are times he's actually been useful in the story. So anybody who's uh, been curious about it, uh, give them both a try. There there are differences, and if you want to see the ending of the first anime, you also got to watch the movie Conqueror of Shambhala, which I also got. Which has some similarities in terms of some of the some of the more supernatural elements to what Andaplex did for Darker Than Black Season 2. I felt that maybe it was similar because of interdimensional stuff. Darker Than Black was a great anime. Season 1 was better, though. Uh, what else did I watch? Uh, oh, I actually own this, too, so it's it's kind of weird. Uh, Princess uh, Mononoke? Oh, yeah. I, I've heard of that one. That's a Miyazaki movie. Just a sec. Yeah, I can... I never pronounce anything right. That's normal, but not everybody can get that stuff. I mean, I had to learn some of this stuff, and sometimes I just compared it by watching subtitles and just reading it off. I'm not, like, if anybody's ever watched Dragon Ball Super, you definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, to give you an example, Will, there's, there's at least two characters I can think of. In the Japanese dub, they would call this one guy Hito, but in Japan, that's how they pronounce that, how they say it. And in America, his name was just simply uh, simplified as Hit. Some people liked it, some people didn't. There was also, excuse me, this one guy. I liked his Japanese name better. His name is Topo in Japan. He sounded more like an alien to me when I heard that. But then in the dub, his name is Top. It's like, what? Why that? That doesn't make sense. I mean, I, that topo sounds so much cooler than top. And then there's uh, then there's also this one character. He's kind of uh, Toriyama's take on Superman on some level because the whole debate of who's stronger, Superman or Goku. And this guy, his name pronounced in Japan in the subs is Jiren. But everyone in the dubs is calling him Jiren. Is like, no, Jiren. Jiren. His name's Jiren. <laughs> As the, it, it's just uh, my melodrama taking over there. Just don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot more anime than I've 
than I realized because uh, uh, when I when I had Netflix, they they had started uh, putting like a whole bunch of anime up because they you know gotten so many requests for it and everything. And there's you know there's there's a bunch of free apps that I use now, opposed to paying for for stuff because I'm easily entertained. Yeah, like um, the the Tubi app for one thing. Yeah, Tubi, um, Cluedo TV. One point, Crackle had stuff too. Yeah, uh, IMBD, IMBD TV, um, Vudu, where you can watch a whole bunch of stuff with you know commercials in it. And people like, ew, commercials, and I'm like, ew, get a grip. <laughs> I, it's free. I, you gotta. I, they gotta I, get somehow. You know what? I I'd rather pay for it. I go. Okay. Well, give me you know one hundred and eighty dollars a month, and I'll pay for it. If not, uh, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I've I've watched some of the animes on Vudu as well. Not everything I really want to watch. I mean, like they have Hunter Hunter, though. I watched some of that on Adult Swim on Toonami already, so it's like. No, I don't need to watch this again. Thanks anyway. Mm-hmm. Or um, let's see what else. what else. I once watched an anime called, I think, Del Toro Quest or something like that. It's based off of a novel, and it got animated in Japan. That, to sum it up, the story got repetitious after a while, so I kind of stopped watching it because everybody, the the two male characters kept getting themselves suckered into all these traps and the girl always keeps not falling for it and it's just this is getting repetitive so I just after season two after a while I just decide nope nope I'm done if this is getting to be this predictable I'm not going to watch anymore yeah it's that just sounds to me guys stupid girls (laughs) one of the best is definitely death note though yeah, um, there was another one too that uh, oh, what was I just got I just got distracted because I completely forgot, and I've I've never watched, I've I've seen like all the regular uh, seasons of you know series of Star Blazers, and then somebody goes, "Did you ever see Star Blazers twenty one ninety nine? I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Got a marathon that, huh? And I'm like, oh, you're killing me. But there was there was one, but it was uh, the animation. It was from a video game. I can't remember the name of it right now. They kind of like find like a monolith on a planet and they bring it up to their ship. And then like lots of bad stuff starts happening. Sounds like the exposition from Aliens, huh? Something like that. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Castlevania. Oh yeah, I definitely watched that. That was worth watching for sure. Got definitely got crazy in season three. Season two was was really good too. Uh, I loved the uh, the animated Godzilla though. That was great. Did you see the new Transformers? Uh, the War for Cybertron. Yes, I did. I'm like, I'm like trying to think, and I'm like, did I? When did I cancel Netflix? 
No, no, I, I saw, I, I saw that. I watched, I watched Voltron, and I watched that. Um, I think I've seen almost all of the Ghost in the Shells. I've only seen the original Ghost in the Shell movie and the standalone complex season one and two that were on Adult Swim. I haven't. I've seen. I've seen the movies. I haven't seen the. Uh, I haven't seen the series yet. I have not seen the Scarlett Johansson movie, and I really wasn't interested in any way to see it. Uh, sometimes, I sometimes I'll give I'll give a movie like that the uh, the Baywatch rating. Which just means you turn all the sound down and just look at the pretty pictures as they go by. <laughs> just kind of like a screensaver while you're doing other things. <clears throat> From what I did read of the plot, it was basically they rehashed the original anime movie from the 80s and incorporated stuff from the standalone complex series and put it together. It was just... Mm. So we're going to mash up these two completely different things. Because that's great. I'm like, uh, no, it's not. Not everything works the way we want it to, sadly enough. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've gotten, I've had similar encounters. People like, people like my ideas, but, uh, well, unless you wow the right people, you're not going to get it uh, off the ground. That's how it works. Oh, that works. Uh, with everything like that, yeah, I've I've uh, I've met like I, like I told you, I met Kevin Eastman and uh, Steve Levine. Steve Levine talked to me about the turtle movies, and I I said to I told him a couple ideas that they they could have done with Ninja Turtles three, and he he loved them. He loved the idea. Um, I can just tell you the the plot twist if you want that I came up with. Sure, let's have it. The idea was that they did not see, succeed to go um, back to the future with the scepter, and instead are stuck training the villagers to be in, in their own ninja clan and take down the daimyo. When they finally get the scepter, Mikey breaks the scepter, and they all get flung forward into the future by a paradox effect. That it turns out, oh, it doesn't exist in the past, so they can't be flung back uh, into the past from the future. But everything that they did in the past still actually happened. And the twist is that they they never figured out what to name their ninja clan. And they got the idea of where to go at it from looking at their footprints of the turtles in the ground. And, well, that implies that they call themselves the Foot Clan. So at which point the turtles actually created the Foot Clan. Mm-hmm. That's the twist. That would have been a great ending for Ninja Turtles 3, don't you think? Yeah, but uh, with that with that plot twist, wouldn't that also mean that uh, the Turtles no longer exist? No. It's sort of like the same kind of concept of time travel that was in Avengers Endgame. Despite the fact they changed the timeline, it's, it didn't change at the same time. Like, this was all meant to happen. Like, all predetermined. A predetermined point in time. 
Like these were cosmic events created by uh, the magic of the scepter. My Doctor Who log logic is starting to kick in. It's a fixed point in time. You cannot change it. And it was all meant to happen no matter what anyone might have thought. Mm. That the Foot Clan is meant to exist, but by magical intervention, that that's why they exist. I got I got all these crazy ideas up in my head, so complex that I can basically make anybody in the room brain fart. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, because uh, hmm. then it would become in the future. Uh, they're fighting a clan that they trained and uh, brought into existence in the first place. This idea was actually taken from. Something they actually did in the comics themselves, uh, that Raphael was sent, flung back in time and trained the founders of the Foot Clan. That's where I got, where I got the idea. I thought it would be a great idea. Because it already happened. Mm-hmm. But it, it's never come onto the screen, so people like myself that never read the Turtles books... Watched the occasional cartoon, watched all the movies, and uh, it would be completely new to uh, moviegoers because most of them wouldn't have read it in the book. I've 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 watched the first two shows and all the original four movies before Nickelodeon took them over. I, I, I tried watching the new 2012 series when it came out, but uh, season one, I stopped. I wasn't too impressed with it. As soon as I tried, I started watching like the newer stuff and it only took me a few minutes to go, nope. Yeah, there was one episode that, that, that really got to me, the Metalhead one, that Donatello wanted to upgrade his weapon, and I thought, oh, you could just take all that technology and make a make a better bow staff out of that, but instead he invents Metalhead. And then the alien hijacks it, and what's the first thing that they do when one of the aliens hijack it? They try to destroy the robot and not once attack the alien that is a sitting bullseye on top of the diminutive alien's I mean, robot's head. It's like... It's shorter than them, and just a simple bonk on the noggin or a smack, and it's over. He's just standing there taking it like like a like a punching bag, and they and they never once tried to hit the alien. That was just weird. Yeah, there's all kinds of different things. <clears throat> there's I've also once saw their super shredder, and it's just his weakness was too obvious. Hmm. I will say this: I, I've always wanted to do a dragon fruit mashup with the Ninja Turtles. I've I have been writing in for fun when I need exercise to just expand some ideas. Just write on that story. Mm. My character gets flung into the world of the turtles, and the the twist is that he's a fan from them growing up. Whoop, something just fell. It's okay, and. 
he just plays it off saying like, oh, I knew you grew up in a different universe. That's how, and they just accepted it. I even had a moment where April actually thought that uh, my character Kai was actually, was uh, her and Casey's son from the future. It's like, oh no, no, we're not related. <laughs> <laughs> and Casey's just, Casey's just having a blank vacant stare. It's like, what? What's going on here? How could you think this kid was my son? And and then there was a whole joke about Donatello speaking up saying, well, there's a chance. I mean, everybody with blue eyes is technically related. And and by the way they look, that he could be a distant uh, relative of April. And then my character, he stops Donatello and said, unless you have something to go on with this, we have to stop. And Donatello says, fine, I'll get some DNA samples later. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did read because uh, I reviewed them. I did. I did read uh, all the all the various volumes of uh, uh, Batman and uh, the the Batman crossover with Ninja Turtles. That was really good. Oh yeah, the movie was also good too. Have you read uh, anything revolving around the Three Jokers plot? Uh, I pretty much know what goes on. I actually haven't gotten my hands on any of those books yet they're they're you know waiting for me at the shop but i uh i ran into uh some bills i had to get caught up on so i wasn't able to pick up books for a couple of months that happens you know i i did hear about the story i was like whoa this was really good i loved how they how they ended it too uh but it's technically not ended because now they're going to come back and do a one shot well, they just basically determine who's the real Joker. I love that the twist of who the real Joker was at the end. I'm not going to say for anyone who hasn't read it yet. I want to make sure I don't spoil anything for you folks watching. Uh, I'm just like scrolling through Tubi now because now you got me. There's, there's there's something on there that I've watched that I really love that I can't think of the name on. And these next two titles aren't it, but I've watched them as well. Uh, I really liked uh, Afro Samurai. And, oh, yeah, I saw that. And uh, Wicked City. Saw that too. I think I actually own Wicked City on DVD somewhere. Let's see. What I... Have you ever watched the anime movie Blackjack? That was by uh, Osamu Tezuka's manga, Blackjack. No, I haven't seen that. Well, it, I don't know if it's still available, but you can watch the dubbed version free on the Roku channel, on the Roku app. Oh, cool. Well, I've got both of those. I have a Roku TV. It's buried behind a bunch of boxes right now. Yeah, it I've should got, be there. I've got the. I've got the. I downloaded the Roku app onto my uh, onto my Fire Stick. So it's got a good cast. It's um, got Kirk Thornton as Doctor Blackjack. Mary Elizabeth McGlynn playing um, uh, Joe Brain, that who's a woman. It, and uh, let's see. I've also heard Steve Blumen there, who has done background characters. Like uh, he was doing the announcer for the Olympics. And well, he's often said that some of the best vo some of the best voice acting jobs are playing the background characters because everybody needs to have a background character in their show. Like it helps. Yeah, you need background characters. <laughs> What's really interesting about Joe Brain, 
She strongly resembles the character Alex Wesker from Resident Evil. I'm not talking about Albert Wesker. I'm talking about his uh, well, his surrogate sister from the Wesker program, Alex Wesker, like Alexis or something like that. Mm-hmm. She and Joe Brain have a lot in common. They're aside both being voiced by the same woman. They're both um, about trying to tap into the limitless potential in people and trying to make a legacy for themselves. Though they're both willing to do inhumane human experimentation in order to achieve that goal. I won't spoil too much. If you want to see this movie, I will not spoil too much. Yeah, I'll probably... Look for it to see if I can still watch it. If it's still up there. Uh, if you, I think. Hmm. If it's on, if it's on Roku, I'll just scroll through. It should be. You can, you can just search for it. And as I'm as I'm scrolling through Roku through their through their anime, be like, oh, there it is. I'll like completely forget about it. But no, I that I wanted to look at anime for some reason. Yeah, if if it'll help, Blackjack is. A man with two-tone hair. One half of it is white, the other half is black, and he has a noticeable scar with discoloration on one side of his face. He got apparently got an accident as a kid. He's an underground surgeon. He's not licensed or anything like that, but he's highly respected and highly praised for his uh, surgical skills in the operating room. It was based around how Tezuka wanted to be a doctor himself. Originally, from what I read, he wanted to be a gynecologist. Up to his elbows and work. And then some. <laughs> uh, I also uh, own a copy of uh, Jinro, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong too. Jinro, the Wolf Brigade. Yep. Right? I've seen that one. Of course, uh... I'm a big Captain Harlock fan, so, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I saw some of that. my youth, and the new one was fantastic. I The last thing I watched revolving around Harlock was the end of Galaxy Express 999, the movie, that Captain Harlock was in that one. Um, no, no, this, this was, this was a, this was a, uh, well, it's not new. It's going to be like computer you know, animated, right? Yeah, the computer animated one. Oh, I saw that. I saw that too. I, w- I, w- I was like, I stumbled across that. I'm like, what? What? what, what? <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. Oh, speaking of which, uh, I just stumbled across Blackjack on Tubi as well. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, there's a TV show and the subtitled movie on Tubi as well. Yeah, this uh, just says Blackjack from the creator of Astro Boy, which of mm-hmm. course I, I also watched. There's also Astro Boy on Hulu, the one that came out in like 2000. That one is really well animated. The values are really beautiful on that one. Yeah, I, I saw that when it came out. That was I enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, yeah, th- this this might be uh, a blackjack movie because there's no, uh, you know, otherwise it's usually like highlighted by like you know a season or something. Mm-hmm. 
I tried watching the Blackjack TV show. It's okay, but everybody, all the characters are... Well, everybody, despite the fact this movie's... I mean, this show is in Japan, excuse me. Everybody's got English names. It's one of those types of animes. Though you do learn some interesting stuff about medical terms and in the drama, at least. That's one of the cool parts about that story. I watched this other one that I, I will pronounce yet another anime title wrong. Uh, Mushishi? Uh, actually, you pronounced that right. Oh, wow. That was about Mushishi. That was about a guy with white hair and one green eye, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And how he's basically dealing while encountering all people with the Mushi in the story. Mm-hmm. I watched the first season of the anime a long time ago. It's definitely interesting, to say the least. It's a more of a calmer than calmer than usual anime, and the music is really soothing. Wow, I I just stumbled across this. I have never seen this. This, this looks fairly fairly new to me because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't the seventies you know, the 80s version. Uh, I just stumbled across uh, guy, the Guy King movie. I have never seen anything like that. I know I know Ray would love that one. I know that for sure. Guy King, Legend of Dakimoto. Uh, looks like uh, either 2005 or 2006. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch that tonight now. Just a, just a one-shot movie. Oh, there's also one movie I would recommend to anybody who likes Miyazaki movies. Try the movie uh, Castle of Cagliostro. It's Miyazaki's first ever animated movie uh, featuring the character Lupin Third. He was originally an animator for the show back when it was uh, much younger, I think back in like the 60s or the 70s or something like that. It was his first real anime movie where he got to direct. I recommended that to a lot of people. It's it's much different from how the author has done it. It's a lot more about the story and less about the raunchy humor in there. But it's, it's well done. And Miyazaki just shows how the little things in his animations are... Uh, so significant how he how he narrates it in the story. It's about how Lupin is trying to rescue the princess uh, from this evil count who is trying to force her into marriage while trying to acquire a treasure that has been handed down from the family for generations. Hmm. I remember I bought uh, years ago now. I. I bought it just because of Star Trek, but they had, they had started releasing some uh, some Star Trek manga stuff mm-hmm. where they were doing all the characters as you know much younger, kind of like J.J. Abrams' uh, run on the uh, on the movies there, where everybody was like you know young and you know just now, starting out. Yeah, just just getting started and everything. And of course, the artwork was fantastic. So I'm like, these are cool. Give you both of them at ten bucks. Okay. 
So I kept one and I gave one to a friend of mine for Christmas that year. So I was like, here, have a new Star Trek book. That works. Oh, cool. You know, so now, uh, are there any comics that you're reading now that you would recommend to anybody? Well, I recently, and you're not going to be surprised, but I recently read the last one, and I I got it on digital. I couldn't bring myself to open up the the books I got because they're all they're first printing. You you want to hold on to those the best you can. No, um, no. you wanna you wanna open it up wide, read the book, and, and then roll it spine. up, put it in your back pocket. And ride your bike to your friend's house so you can show them what you just got. I'll do that with the third printing, okay? It was flat when I got it. There's actually one comic I've held a long time. A friend I got I got it from. It it got sat on by accident when I when I left it on my desk as a kid, but I still hold on to it even to this day because it's just a memento from a friend who died a long time ago. Uh, it was just basically Spider-Man and Nova versus the Tri-Sentinel, round two. I also have a copy of uh, when Spider-Man turns into Captain Universe to take down the Tri-Sentinel uh, tri after Loki fused three Sentinels that Sebastian Stan created. I remember that. I think... Because uh, I... They're they're all put away now, but I've got the uh, I've got a, a good chunk of the the original Nova run, mm -hmm. and I had the crossover issue with uh, with Spider Man and Angel that crossed over to uh, Peter Parker and ended there. And uh, I actually got to read for the first time since I was a kid. Uh, Super the original super villain team up the, the the final issue, which was uh, Magneto versus Doctor Doom. Oh, and, that would have been interesting. And that uh, book continued in the next to last issue of the original run of the Champions. I wonder who won that fight. Master of Magnetism first a guy a. Based at first thing, a guy covered in head to toe in magical metal. Well, that would be interesting. Uh, basically, what had happened is Doom built all these giant uh, receptacle tanks out in back of uh, Castle Latveria mm -hmm. and had be re been releasing this invisible gas uh, all over the planet for uh for months and basically had the entire planet under control oh um not to spoil anything for anyone else watching but have you actually gotten to see the trailer for the loki uh, series for disney plus yet no you I should i saw somebody in there a silhouette that just made me think oh is that him is that him? And given the Phase 5 announcement, I'm almost certain it might have been uh, this person that it looks to be. Though, if I'm wrong, okay. And uh, for, have you heard anything about what's going to go on with the new Spider-Man movie coming up? 
Oh, you mean the live version of Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. The Tom Holland threequel. And look, if they don't do if they don't do a live version of the, of the meme of the spider of the 1960s Spider-Man's pointing at each other in this movie, it's going to be a complete waste of time. They'll probably do it. I was hoping for the longest time, though, that there would be a Spidey Pool movie. Spider-Man and Deadpool for the world, right? (laughs) That would have been funny as hell. A Spidey Pool movie. Hey, it's possible. You know, the magical world of Disney, uh, you know. Well, if we have to compete with you, we're just going to buy your company. They did say that uh, Deadpool 3 is actually going to be linked to Avengers Endgame from what I have heard. That apparently he thinks that all of the time traveling he did at the end of Deadpool 2 caused the snap. And he's trying to travel through time in order to make up for it. Like fix everything that he can and that just causes a lot of craziness as the story goes. I have also been hearing that there probably might be X-Men characters coming out eventually in the new Disney Plus shows as well. And I'm hoping that. I want to see that so badly. I've been waiting so long to have X-Men just finally come back. And uh, everybody's desperate for a uh, a good X-Men movie and a good Fantastic Four movie. Because Fox just wanted to keep rolling them out whether they were good or not. Didn't care. Now, did you get a chance to see the New Mutants movie? I have not. I have not been told good things, but uh, I have not gotten to see it. No. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. I've actually watched it like three times now. Is it on Disney Plus right now? No. Oh, then I probably haven't seen it yet. It's, I have watched Mandalorian, though. That that was really good with the season finale. Oh, yeah. You know. The big Star Wars movies. Here's the Luke again. He's not going to do anything. He's in a pity party. And, and then Mandalorian. And here's the Luke you deserve. Yep. The whole problem with that one was the three the three movies were not planned any way in advance. They just yeah they changed just, it with each director. So that that was the cause of that. They just they just threw them all together, and of course the 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 last one there was uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it was just basically a uh, they changed a lot of stuff to uh, um. Uh, praise uh, Carrie upon her, you know, because she had passed. So they, Carrie Fisher, yeah, yeah. So they changed a lot of stuff. So it was, it was a lot of that was just like uh, trying to pander to the fans, and then they, they, they stepped way too far over the pandering line. And uh, I had seen parts of it, but I couldn't watch all of it. I just couldn't bring myself to it. I watched, I did watch the end. Though I found it weird that, well, why didn't she just heal him? Why didn't she just heal him at the end, too? 
and just sort of even their energy out between the two of them so that they both survive. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just this is these are the things I always question as a writer. I wonder why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? If they're going to do it this way, at least explain it so that way it'll make people satisfactory with it. I mean, that's why I love the ending to the three jokers uh storyline so much because they did that. They actually went another way to explain why uh they did this, why it went this direction and why we'll never understand entirely for example, why we'll never know the real name of the Joker. I we won't spoil. <laughs> we should never really know the name of the Joker. Oh yeah, obviously people, but people still want to know. But at the same time, because of the way it was done, we can't know because there is a reason. That's why it's mm-hmm. that's why it's never known. That's why it was so good. Uh, so I've liked so many of the uh, so many of the black labels, so much of the black label stuff. Uh, I haven't obviously gotten it all. Uh, I got the first issue and only the first issue of uh, Frank Miller writes the same old Superman story that's been told a million times mm-hmm. with. Uh, John Romita Jr. and I'm like, this is terrible. It looks terrible. It read terrible. But outside of that, um, I mean, I've gotten, I know I've got that put away. I've got the Joker's put away. Um, a bunch of the Harley and Joker, Joker ones put away. The uh, the Jeff Lemire uh, Joker Black Label story was great. And I think the weirdest a, character interesting oh, twist. Yeah. I think the weirdest character that came out from Batman lately was the Batman who laughs, a jokerized Bruce Wayne from another universe. Yeah. And I really, yeah. he 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 seems to be the the new uh the new DC Venom. I did have one interesting thought that that uh I'm sure you probably read. I posted that when I thought about it, they if they managed to catch him and just have a Bruce Wayne from a dis- different universe donate their genes, they could just use gene therapy to cure him. He could be turned back into Bruce Wayne, and, and he'd no longer have any traces of the Joker left in them. Yeah, but then DC couldn't sell a bunch of bunch of books where they they just put him in it because their their sales are lacking. That's true. I mean, there's also a version of Batman where he is actually Doomsday. Among the among the uh, villain Batman, mm-hmm. uh, Red Death, where he steals the Speed Force after he kills Barry Allen. Um, not Bruce Wayne because it's a girl, but there is there's the there's the Aquaman one, there's a Green Lantern one. Um, there's also a. Uh, one story where Bane teamed up with Thomas Wayne, Batman. Yeah. That was... That was just crazy. I've, I've got like a handful of the uh, the Joker War series over on my table, but I, I, I haven't read it because I don't have all the issues lined up yet. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm still I'm still chasing down the, uh, the some of the tie-ins. I've got a I've got a few of them, but they they wanted to turn around and and you know make the final issue of Batgirl a key issue, so you know people couldn't actually buy it to uh, read the read the end of the uh, of her part of that story. So, oh yeah, um, oh, go back to Star Wars. Did you know that? With Luke's fight against the Dark Troopers was supposed to be an homage to Darth Vader's um, fight against the Rebels through the hallway at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, because I I saw the uh, I shared the video that has Vader on top and uh, not Luke down the bottom, and it, it pretty it pretty much mirrors you know all the all the movements and and everything that uh, they did. I actually will admit this. In a new story arc I'm working on with Dragon Fruit is actually going to mirror that sort of, and also be um, a, a slight homage to Tetsuo Shima rampaging through the hospital in Akira, where he's basically causing tra tremendous amounts of psychic destruction uh, in the hospital. Yeah, I couldn't forget that. That that was. <laughs> Yeah, we're going dumb, dumb yeah. with yeah. the with the voices with the people singing. The music, the music, and the chorus in the background. Yeah, that was intense. It's just an unforgettable movie. But yeah, I was gonna have. I'm doing something that when I visualized it in my head was identical to those two situations. It's not like that, that I came up with the idea of doing that, but it's more like my visualization was very similar. Sometimes I just get these images in my head that can be so well narrated that I could practically just take a photo of it with my with my pen on paper. That's what I do with that sometimes. Just just scribble it down and, and work it into a story. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been doing. Some of my characters that I've created, like um, in Dragon Fruit, Kione, uh, the lead girl, she was based around a dream I had uh, when I was uh, 22 and I was going to work. I just envisioned this really beautiful girl that I thought would be perfect for a leading lady. And uh, a recent character I also posted, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, her name is Gina. She's a witch. Uh, she's been recently posted on my Instagram. She's actually going to have a role, and I'm announcing this now to everybody, but she's going to be in Dragon Fruit, okay? So if you want to see what she looks like, go ahead and, and look on my Instagram and take a look at her, okay? There's only a couple of photos. There's the original and a recent one where she's dressed up in this uh, cute red kimono. You can follow uh, Brian at Brian the Artist eleven twelve at Instagram. Uh, that is also in the show notes up above or down below, and as well as the links to be able to purchase uh, Dragon Fruit and Dream Sprites. <laughs> there we go. I I knew sprites, and I'm like. It's I know you're thinking everybody. soda, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I'm thirsty now. <laughs> everybody, everybody likely thinks that at some point. I'm sure. 
But so, uh, uh, the link for both those books are in the show notes. Uh, Brian's Instagram is in the show notes as well as it's been scrolling down the bottom of the screen this entire time. So you should have been able to remember that by now. Uh, and uh, you can go follow him on Instagram and see some cool uh, last last Ronin artwork because you know now there's technically more covers. See if you make the prints the right size, you can just put them over, you know, one of your comics and just slide it in there and goes, I bet you don't have this cover. Or I could just take a sketch cover and draw on it. Yeah, well that too, yeah. There's there's plenty of them floating around. One day, one day I'll get I'll get more more of that stuff. I would if anybody uh Basically, if I wow the right person, we'll see what happens, right? You never know. Hmm. You know? You never know. I've also met some interesting people like Arthur Sudom, who is the founder of the Marvel Zombieverse. He was very nice. Oh, yeah. I met I met him. Uh, I actually have a uh, – somewhere down, down yonder, uh, I have a uh, – a signed uh, Marvel zombie print from him. I got a, I got one from him where Deadpool is referencing the uh, Nirvana album, and he is trying to reach for a taco on a. Whoops! We just lost him. I hope that wasn't me. Nope, that was me. <laughs> 